Hi guys, welcome to Daily Confetti with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Wednesday, July 10th, and we have a lot to talk about, don't we, Carter? Or something to talk about. <laughs> something that's made me very upset. We have some things to talk about, yes. Uh, Carrie, um, I was thinking, I, this is, I didn't check in with you about this before the show. Uh, I was thinking, you know, we have limited time, and I've been really thinking about what you know, you and I have been having talks strategically about what we want to be doing. And uh, I realized uh, maybe we should ask you guys, we have a small but very supportive group of followers right now on on YouTube. And what kind of content do you want to see from, like tell us in the notes, what kind of content do you want to see from us? Like Daily Cafefi has generally been more fun, kind of. I mean, we're not comedians, but it's kind of more relaxed and fun about the current news. But then there's stuff that's like more in depth, like conversations with uh, Dr. Rachel Brown, that kind of stuff. I tend to like the in-depth stuff, but I don't, I'd like to know what everyone wants to see more of. I know what I want to see. What do you want to see more of? Well, I want us to be able to do comedy content. That would be great. Like I, I want us to do, I'm like some of these sketch ideas and stuff. I, I, yes. and I, and I, and I have a, um, well, whatever you guys tell us what you want to see. Okay. I, I want to see the comedy stuff too. Um, so yes, that, I just wanted to point that out. Carrie, there's something that has gotten you fired up today. Um, well, just continuing the conversation we keep having about social media, the purge, the censorship that's ongoing. And, you know, we're going to continue to see this ramping up leading up to the election. It's and and, but what just happened, I think is one of the most egregious things yet, which is you guys may remember previously that um, Facebook uh, banned a number of indiv- dangerous individuals, people, individuals they call dangerous, including Milo Yiannopoulos, um, Paul Joseph Watson, which Paul Joseph Watson is suing. And I, I hope he, I, I, there's nothing he has said that they can even point to as hate speech. And yet they call him a dangerous individual. Uh, Laura Loomer was on that list. Alex Jones, Louis Farrakhan. I'm probably leaving someone off. Anyway, they came out with a new policy. I'm going to share the screen. So now that they've done that, now that they've declared these individuals to be dangerous. Yep. This is a new thing they just put out. Okay. Can you guys see that? Yeah, so so yeah, there's this is a post that says <clears throat> in their community standards section, do not post threats that could lead to death. Now, and then skip on down cuz I just want to read the important part first. Unless the target is an organization or individual covered in the dangerous individuals and organizations policy. Wow. Or is described as having carried out violent crimes or sexual offenses wherein their criminal perpetrator status has been established by media reports, market oh knowledge, God. news event, etc. Yeah, but just, just focus on that first part for a second. Unless the targets an organization or individual cover the dangerous individuals and organizations policy, well, all of those people we just mentioned are in that policy. They, they've officially declared them dangerous. So you can post death threats, quote, and other forms of high severity violence, yeah, it looks like you can, Carrie. You can post, quote, statements of intent to commit high severity violence or calls for high severity violence, as long as the target 
is an organization or individual that they've put in their dangerous individuals and organ that's illegal okay free speech does not include you calls to violence well so right this like free speech right it does if it's not credible like if you say make a general statement like you know we should kill everyone who wears red socks like, right right but if it's specific and credible and there's reason to believe that you mean it and can carry it out then it then it is violence because it's introducing like real violence into a relationship that didn't exist before and, uh, right and i i how about just the standard policy of do not pose death threats against anyone well they can't have that carrie <laughs> and if i need to be able to have death threats against paul joseph watson i don't understand <laughs> what could be what could go wrong with this death threats are cool against this one class of people that we're, facebook is creating now interestingly enough they haven't banned like they don't consider antifa a dangerous group i assume correct or isis <laughs> or isis they must consider isis no well i know isis is still on twitter i'm not sure about facebook but there are several of these social media companies that have not banned antifa or isis wow well yeah, this is, uh, I think we you are going to see more of this ramping up towards the election. I know um, the media summit is coming up. I think it's Thursday. I think it's tomorrow, right? Uh, Tim Pool was invited to the White House, which is great. That's so great. Go and and have this, my, my concern is that it's going to end up in like Trump deciding to regulate some social media stuff, but um, still, at least it does need to be talked about and and people need to be aware that this is happening. I, I agree with you. I don't know. I mean, they want to be able to threaten people they don't like. I mean, they want to be able to threaten. I want yeah. to share one more thing just to give credit on where I, I, the first person I saw talking about this uh, was Mark Kern. I mean, I've se since seen other people discussing it, but he's got this tweet where he says, Facebook issues new policy, bans death threats or statement that could lead to violence or death. Great. Facebook, unless dot, 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 mumble, mumble, mumble. Wait, Facebook, like violence and death threats against Nazis are okay? Facebook, yeah. Well, who's a Nazi? Facebook, whoever the media tells us. Right. <laughs> that, is, that is the policy, though. That's a, that's a great summation. Carrie. Yeah. And, the, and I, I, Laura Loomer, who's on that list, she just filed uh, a $3 billion defamation lawsuit against Facebook. And... Good. I hope she takes them to the cleaners. <laughs> well, there's been some interesting things. So a court just ruled, for example, that Trump can't block people on social media because he uses it as a public official to communicate. Now, this has interesting repercussions for some of these other lawsuits, like Laura Loomer's lawsuit, because if Trump can't block people because he uses it to communicate to the public, then you could argue that the public can't be blocked from the platform because they need access to the official who exactly. So it's an interesting precedent to set. And I don't necessarily agree with the precedent, but that precedent has been set. And so that actually could have ramifications for these, these lawsuits from people like Laura Loomer. And I think isn't Gavin McGinnis also suing? Uh, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. He should be. They all should be. The other um, thing that... Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say related to that law, the, the 
decision about Trump not being able to block anyone on Twitter, there's uh, who who someone said, okay, game on. They're suing AOC now for blocking people on Twitter. Right, right. AOC still has not disavowed the violent threats against mini AOC and her family that led, that drove them off of social media platforms. Just FYI, notice the media doesn't ask her to disavow anything. Uh, But of course, anyone who's not on the far left the media every day is like, will you disavow David Duke? Will you disavow this crazy person who supports you? Will you disavow that person? But AOC doesn't have to disavow anything because, you know. It's just, it's so biased. I was looking for news articles this morning. It's such a double standard. I was trying to find an article about the Laura Loomer lawsuit. And all I was finding were, you know, conservative outlets talking about it. And I was looking for a main quote, legacy media outlet. And the only ones I found in the headline says far right activist Laura Loomer. It, just the way they frame the headlines, even it's such a double standard. Yeah, and the 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 worst part of that policy, or I'm, I'm all bad, but the the part that I think is really pernicious is Facebook. You know, they say unless unless they're on this list, but that list, like this tweet guide said, that list is really very subjective because not only is it, you know, a vague term, dangerous individuals, but they rely on whoever they call mainstream media. So if they don't like Breitbart, Breitbart doesn't get classified as a legitimate news organization. So if they call Antifa, you know, dangerous or, hate group or whatever, they will be ignored, only the media that Facebook likes. And so basically what, me, what Facebook will do is they will end up just only green lighting, only whitelisting the media that they like, that they agree with. And, you know, Tim Poole pointed this out actually the other day, and I, I agree with him about this, having worked in Silicon Valley for 20 years. They don't view themselves as biased. They think that um, well, he was saying that, you know, they look at the far left and, and people on, uh, on the, like Joe Biden as kind of on the right. And so they think that they're in the middle. I don't think that's how they look at it. Uh, Silicon Valley is very smug and views themselves as scientific and smarter than everyone else. That's, that's been true in quite some time. So um, to them, this makes them very, very good at rationalizing their political and philosophical viewpoint with cherry-picked data or just rationalized arguments that ignore counter-arguments and that kind of thing. And because they, they're very full of themselves and think that they're smarter than everyone else, then what they do is they take that and they say, well, we're not, we're not biased because our position is just objectively right. It's just yeah. objective true that there are more genders that's not a biased position it's not you know sex is a social construct that's not biased that's just true and it's scientific right and, and we so, know because we're the smartest right we know because we're the we're the we're the smart people and so the the proletariat is just they're stupid and they're idiots and uh we're not being biased we're just you know these idiots just don't know they it's like they view everyone else as like flat earthers right? So 
you don't have to listen to the flat earthers. The earth is, it's, that's to them, it's the same thing, right? When a conservative or even a non-conservative scientist says, actually, sex is, is biological and falls into two categories, that to them, that sounds like someone saying the earth is flat. It yeah. just, they just can dismiss them because, you know, they're idiots and old and Silicon Valley. Is but right. the, the proof is in the pudding. They're not smarter than ever. If they were smarter, they would be able to objectively stand back and look at where they're at and consider another point of view. And, and object, they would be to more objectively uh, self-evaluate. They're, uh, they're incapable of self-evaluating. They can't yeah, do it. I'm, I'm not saying they are. No, smart. no, I, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying I, I, I'm calling them out. I'm just, they, of course they're not, but they think they are. It's like the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? They think they're smarter than everyone else. Um, yeah, well, someone corrected us on the use of it, and I've been, I have the paper queued up I'm going to read. They, their argument was Dunning-Kruger was more about skill. I thought it was about uh, intelligence in a particular area, which actually does correlate to G, which is raw intelligence. I'll read the paper, but it's, it's at least of that vein of this idea that... Um, well, it could be related to skill, but the point is people who are um, like average or maybe slightly above average uh, often inflate, like if you ask them to analyze their own intelligence, they over they overestimate, but they underestimate for other people. Isn't that correct? And then people of high, like the peop, those people who are way out on the high end, those outliers, they underestimate their own intelligence, but they're pretty good at predicting the intelligence of people around them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not familiar with that study, but I. I believe you. Um, okay. But I. The Silicon Valley. I mean, part of it is they've been told. They've been told by everyone that they're geniuses, right? And some of them are very smart in particular areas. Yes. But being a great programmer or even a great business person doesn't mean that you are equally superior in every aspect of intelligence and at every argument you make is better. So, or morally superior, which is wrapped up in it too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. moving to morality or other things, you know, there are people, in fact, I know, I know some extremely until I know people who are probably, you know, the handful of the top cryptographers in the world. I like, I know some really smart people smarter than me by far in Silicon Valley, but step outside of their area of expertise, they actually aren't that great. And the better ones know it. And so- Yes, yes. Like, well, I don't know. I haven't studied that. It seems to me this way, but I'm open to arguments. The, the slightly not as good ones just assume, well, I've been smarter than everyone that, I've, that I hang out with normally. So I assume that I'm just smarter than everyone and I must be right about everything I speak must be correct. And- Obviously, that's a dangerous kind of narcissism. I just, I just think about some of the, um, like the engineering geniuses are, uh, at the science and math school I went to, who they yes, highly specialized in one area, but then not able to even social intelligence, right? Like social interactions and stuff, maybe lacking in that. I mean, that's an obvious one you can point to as an example of what we're talking about. People who are really highly intelligent and focused lacking that. And, and, and actually studies have shown that men who are more, um, the men who are those outliers who are exceptionally brilliant and talented in one area, it's usually focused to one area more so than the women who are outliers. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. But, and it, it is, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that I, I think is scientifically inaccurate. Specialized intelligence, like if you're smart enough to be a physics genius, that is correlated to G. So you probably are generally much smarter than other people. That, that may be true. But brains is just like, that's just like an engine that goes really fast. If you don't have the map and the maintenance of that engine in a particular area, it doesn't mean you're right. So you could be a, you could be actually be brilliant, but if you haven't actually put in the time to become an expert in foreign policy, your foreign policy advice is not going to be better than someone who's actually not quite as smart as you, but knows the context and has spent a lot more time thinking it through because you've been studied, you've been stuck in your physics lab or whatever it is. So intelligence is important, but it's not a, uh, it's not an automatic pass that means you're correct at everything. You still need to combine it with actual learning and thought and experience and knowledge about a particular field, you know, which is why even some of these really brilliant people, it takes them years and years and years to build companies or make breakthroughs or do things, you know, significant in science and technology because they've got to learn all of the relevant information in that field. And the same, you know, the same applies for other fields. Uh, they, you know, and like I said, the smart ones know it. The smart ones look at other fields and go, well, I didn't spend 10 years studying that. So, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to speak with a little bit of hesitation about it. I'm thinking of some of the people I know who've worked for Google and some of the people like just this, the arrogance you're talking about just anecdotally. Um, and, and one of them in particular became a huge SJW after the election and the arrogance that was always there. It's like, it's like it just, it transformed into SJW arrogance as well. Like there was this arrogance of like, I am one of the smartest people ever. And uh, I would say this person's reproductive strategy at, was a bit of an arrogant. It was, it was just, just like following a blueprint of how to act like an alpha guy. And then as soon as SJW stuff became the norm, then it, then it was like, oh, well, now I'm the biggest. Now my blueprint for reproductive success is to be the biggest SJW ever because right. it's, it's a weird. Anyway, that's just a, but you're making me think of. No, you're right. And, and, you know, this is something that I've thought about. I've thought about Silicon Valley in this way a, a lot. I don't have firm conclusions, so I don't want to, I don't want to put out any, you know, statements that I'm saying, like, this is what's happening. Definitely. But there is something wrong with there, the markets. I, like everything's so intertwined and related sometimes like the markets are weirdly distorted because of regulation and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and what you've ended up with, I think I might've mentioned this in the past, but in the past, when you started a company in Silicon Valley, what mattered was, um, people's estimation to, to get capital, to get venture money. What mattered was their estimation of, are you actually building a product that will be viable? Will, will this be profitable? Are you building a real company that we think there's, there's real potential to make money back? That has gone away and it's rational that it's gone away. A lot of VCs don't look at that anymore. And the reason they don't look at that is because the public markets have gotten hyped up about tech companies. And from a venture, remember the venture capitalists, they just want an exit. So in the past, the exit came from, oh, well, once you got to be profitable and demonstrated you build a real company, then you could go public and that's when the VC would get their exit and they would get their return. But the public markets are taking these companies 
they're IPOing companies that have, I mean, Snapchat's a great example, like totally inverted balance sheets, right? Totally inverted, uh, you know, cash flow statements, just bleeding money. But big market caps, the public markets accept those companies and venture capitalists go, well, I'm not going to evaluate whether a company is building a good company anymore. I'm going to evaluate whether they're building something that can be pawned off onto the public markets. Because if they can, that's enough for me to invest and give my returns to my LPs. That's how that works. So there's been this shift in investing in Silicon Valley, which has been like, just invest in stuff. If hype is enough, if you can sell hype all the way through to the public markets or to Google buying you, then hype is a is value and you can invest in hype. And I think that's happened to a large extent. And a lot of people in Silicon Valley, look, a lot of people deserve their money. They've worked hard. They're, they're geniuses. They've built really important things. I'm not taking that away. But there are a lot of people in Silicon Valley that have equated financial success with some sort of moral superiority and brilliance. And because they conflate those two things and we're in a very frothy market with respect to tech uh, companies and, and you can build something like Snapchat and make millions and millions of dollars even if you weren't a founder. You can make tens of millions of dollars even if you weren't a founder just by being around early, building something that ultimately has zero value or negative value, but lasts long enough to be sold to people on the public markets who think that they need to be involved in the next greatest thing. And so you end up with this whole class of people. There's so many millionaires here. You end up with this whole class of people who conflate this success with their brilliance and it's not even real success in like a like fundamentally they haven't actually even built anything valuable they just <laughs> they're just exploiting the, the system and they and some of them aren't even the ones actively exploiting it some of them are just hired early to someone who's on with someone who's exploiting the system and they they're kind of I don't want to say they've lucked into it because often they, they do work hard I'm not saying it's all luck but they they have this inflated view of themselves as some, you know, intrepid robber baron when really they're like a, you know, they're a JavaScript engineer who was in higher number 10 at a company that's never actually turned a profit, but that, you know, but you know, they've got a Bugatti in their garage because they are. Yes. Early. Yes. <laughs> it's this, this elite class. It, it, what you're, it makes me think of, uh, to take it back to, I know we've mentioned this in one, another episode, but it's, it, it's not a spoiler at this point, guys. It's been out for a while in Game of Thrones, like the second to last episode where Danny is basically justifying making a decision to murder all of these innocent people because she knows what's best. She knows what's good. I know what's good. Like, and, 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 and it, they really believe it though. They really believe it. They believe they know what's good. Yeah, they do. They really, they, know, they know better than us that it also, wait, what were you saying? No, I'm just saying Mark Zuckerberg really thinks he knows best. Yeah, he does. I'm sure those kind of people terrify me. They don't question their own goodness. They believe they're good people. Like this is why you and I get into this thing about good and evil sometimes. Cause it's like, I think it's very important to know I am not a good person. Like I am not an evil person. I'm not a good person, but I can be capable of both. And that, I think Jordan Peterson was one of the first who made me. I think you're a good that. person. So even though you won't call people evil, <laughs> I will be good as well as calling them evil. I think you're a good person. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's dangerous, though, if we start to be believe that, you know. Sure, sure. It doesn't mean you will always do good things, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's pe- they do. They believe we're in the right side of history. We're good people. We're the good guys. Like, that's how, the, that's how Antifa does with it. We're the good guys. We can, right. we can beat people in the head with, you know, bricks or whatever. Because we we're the good guys. Bike locks. Um, it's in the name of goodness. It is like that C.S. Lewis quote about uh, the tyranny that's exercised sincerely for the good of its victims is the one that's the scariest. I, that, I keep thinking about that lately. Um, yeah, no, great quote. And, you know, just as, a, as an aside, I think this is a consequence partly of being in a society where if you're in a society in which you don't recognize the initiation of force as bad, always in all cases, then uh, anyone can justify the initiation of force by claiming to be the good. And so I actually think it's, uh, it's not much of a stretch from... Uh, an oppressive right-wing police state to Antifa. They're the same thing, right? So yeah. if you're support the, the, you know, police state initiation of violence, you know, government does everything and controls everything tactics, then you also support Antifa. It's the same in principle. You, you can't criticize Antifa because they're just saying, well, you're giving legitimacy to the police states to do things that you think are good. Why can't we have that legitimacy? Do we think these things are good? So we're going to hit people over the head with rocks or whatever. And so it, there's really not, philosophically, if you are going to let go of the idea that the initiation of force is wrong, you, you, it is a slippery slope, and that's not a fallacy. <laughs> it is a slippery slope, and you end, up, you end up with not much of a philosophical argument against Antifa when you do that. It's the same thing with this Facebook thing to bring it full circle. They, they, if you believe that uh, death threats are okay against certain people, it's the same slippery slope. It's like, yep. how, how do you stop? Where, who do you stop putting in that group that it's okay to threaten with death? These yeah, and if it's okay to threaten them, Carrie, is it okay to do anything? Yeah. Like, ex- people, is it okay to gas certain people, Mark Zuckerberg? Right. Is that okay? What if Great. they're dangerous? Yeah, great point. These people terrify me. Yeah. Some somebody some SJW on my wall yesterday was writing about right wing authoritarianism and Trump, and I'm just like, what world are you living in? What world are you living in? The authoritarianism around us right now at this moment is coming from my side. It's coming from the left. It's coming from our side. You were you were in this false. It it. it it, I hate to bring it back the red pill and the matrix stuff, but you were in this false reality. You're believing the entire game, the whole thing they're selling you. You're in it and you're playing that game. You're reading that news. You're reading that media. You're brainwashed. Like just, I get frustrated. I'm like, and I have to talk to you and pretend like we're in that world that you think we're in. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> I, look, I, I will, uh, I will. I I do oppose the people on the right who want a police state. I will oppose all of those things that you're afraid of, also. But you've got to oppose Antifa. You've got to be against it universally. You can't pick and choose. And right exactly. now, you know, right now I don't have to yell about police state people on the right so much because that's not where culture's going. That's not who's like. Yes, Trump is is president. But that's not really who's in charge still. <laughs> who's in charge of the conversation is not, not the Trump people. 
It's not police state people. And, I, and by the way, Trump, I don't think is any more police state than, than other presidents. But, you know, it's not, those aren't the people that are actually in charge of the conversation we're having right now. It's the media, it's the culture, you know, it's cultural institutions like universities and Hollywood and the media and um, these huge institutions, uh, government institutions and people, like it's, it's that whole network of what we, I guess we call the cathedral, right? They're in charge still of the conversation. The cathedral's in charge. And the people who think they're good and smarter than us. Yeah. And, and, and they are supporting Antifa. And so if they want to come out against Antifa, I'll jump on the bandwagon of also criticizing whatever else they want to criticize about police state tactics. But the truth is that police state tactics aren't the immediate threat. They could be a threat in response to some of this crap. Uh, but that's only because you guys are pushing this Antifa crap. They can't see that far either because they don't even see what the real world is that we're in. And, and I, I, what you're saying, exactly, I've thought about that. It's like, you are, you are uh, pushing this authoritarianism on the left and you don't expect there to be an equal and opposite reaction at some point on the right. Like, you're creating the very thing that you think is out there that's a threat. That's not a threat right now. But it could potentially be at some point because your your inability to um, denounce things like Antifa, your inability to denounce things like censorship, even of people you don't like. Um, this related to this because uh, kind of you you talked about earlier this gearing up more and more. There'll be more and more of this stuff from social media companies leading up to the election. Right, trying to control the narrative. One thing that I saw a couple times, and I spent uh, a little time looking at this on Wikipedia. <sighs> okay, let's let's back up. Alex Jones banned. Why? Crazy conspiracy. He's a conspiracy theorist. He's a conspiracy. Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist. By the way, probably talked about Epstein uh, while everyone was calling him a crazy conspiracy theorist, right? talked about Epstein and Clinton and everything else. Fine. Okay. We ban him. Horrible. It's not a conspiracy if there's evidence that things are actually happening. And I just, I want to point to something. <laughs> Gary, you brought up the Facebook, like clearly trying to control the narrative. That's not a conspiracy. That's what's happening, right? Wikipedia. Go, go on Jeffrey Epstein's Wikipedia page. Oh, I saw this. Look at the history. It's, you know, updated kind of regularly every day or so, you know, maybe not quite. There's gaps of a couple of weeks here and there, right up until recently. And, and at which point there's like, you know, 50 edits a day or whatever it is. And what's happening on Wikipedia is a battle between people who are trying to control, massage the narrative. So little things like, Originally, the entry said he was born to a Jewish family and he uh, and it mentioned some Bill Clinton connections and blah, blah, blah. Well, now that he's in the news, there's people jumping in, changing it to he was born to a white family and removing the Bill Clinton references and adding Trump references and trying to push the narrative. Now, people are fighting back. So if you look like right now, it's still it's back to saying he was born to a Jewish family. And there's like history of people changing things and changing them back. Um, and the point is, we view, I think, especially people that grew up 
maybe maybe a slightly older than me, although although maybe my age as well. You know, I grew up with encyclopedias, like actual encyclopedias, right? We're at the library, encyclopedias. And I think a lot of people view Wikipedia as an encyclopedia. It's somehow vetted. And by the way, encyclopedias were probably biased as well. We just didn't realize it as, as kids doing, you know, reports on mm -hmm. anacondas or whatever the hell we were doing. But they were probably biased. But Wikipedia, understand that sites like Wikipedia, they, they aren't even just a free-for-all of editors. There are special editors who get uh, status to control pages and do things. And they are also... Uh, they are also vulnerable to this bias and do exhibit bias on topics. So Wikipedia is not the objective truth source always. It's still great. I use it for a lot of things. A lot of times you can get some basic facts out of Wikipedia. Sometimes you can get links to other stuff to go look up, which is great. And it can be a great launching pad for reading about something. So I, I still like Wikipedia. However, you gotta, you gotta realize that's also, that narrative is also being controlled. So at what point, Carrie, do we look at back at Alex Jones and go, yeah, uh, we are living in conspiracy world. Like this stuff is happening. They are, they, Google is modifying search results. We know this. Facebook is controlling the narrative. Twitter is controlling the narrative. Wikipedia is modifying things based on their ideology to push a particular narrative. And it's scary to wake up and realize how deep the lie goes and how much you are being lied to every single day in every possible way. Any way they can think to lie to you, they are lying to you. And that, that might make me sound like a crazy Alex Jones guy, but I mean, I'm just looking at the evidence of what's going on. They are lying. They are manipulating yeah. us. I don't know how else to describe this and sound sane. So as you were, I just looked up on Wiki, uh, Mike Cernovich, there's people who keep editing it every day. Right now it currently says uh, he's been characterized as part of the alt-right, but does not identify as such. People keep changing it back to say Mike Cernovich is a alt-right American that he's not alt-right. And, but they, they, they want desperately, like you said, to create the narrative and to define, they want to define what is truth. And they do this in the headlines, they work in the media, they do it in headlines, they do it in how they frame the articles you're reading that you believe to be objective in legacy media. Legacy media is, I trust them less than new media at this point. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex Jones is more reliable than CNN. Yes. Even, even when he talks about gay frogs. Yes, because at least you know, you know to take what he says with a grain of salt and he's not pretending to be objective. Right. They they are slimy liars. They're fraudulent liars who are pretending to be something they're not. And that I trust that less than someone who on their face is a is half WrestleMania troll like and you know like at least I know what he is. Yes. Um so so I I totally agree with you. I um the Wikipedia, when I was in SJW I was thinking of should I do a guilty admission? I used to go in and try and control the narrative on pages. Of course you did. Of course it, you did. I made several edits to Maxim Magazine trying to 
portray them as sexist. I went and cherry picked and scoured the internet finding examples of them being sexist because they had, I used to manage this comedian, Margaret Cho, and they had put her on this list of the most unfunny comics. And part of my job, that's when I was at a, I wasn't her manager. I was like her day-to-day manager then maybe I'm not sure. Part of my job was making sure her Wikipedia page was they all these people manage their own pages. You should know this. They have people doing it for them, but they try to oh, make yeah. their pages. You can hire people to manage your page. On oh yeah. Page. So I was trying to get rid of the Maxim thing, and then and then I got really upset. Maxim and in my little SJW bubble, they're just sexist and they just shouldn't ex- you know exist. And so it's like I have to paint them as sexist on the Wikipedia page, and I was like on a mission, and I was cherry picking the smallest little things to put in there. And I don't know if those things are still in their Wikipedia entry. They probably are because since that time. Wikipedia has become much more SJW. Back then it wasn't. There were a lot of people who would take that kind of stuff down. It just, anyway, there were other, there were other things. I know SJW sit around editing these pages. Yeah, they do. They do. And the thing with Wikipedia, as much as I do appreciate it, and I think there's lots of value to it. uh, I said this from day one about Wikipedia and it's just, this is one of those things that, uh, you can say, but then it's going to take years or decades to come to fruition. So I'll just say it here more publicly. Wikipedia is based on a logical fallacy. That fallacy is called the argumentum ad populum. It's, it's, that's what it's based on. Uh, truth does not come through vote. Truth is not what most people think truth is. That's not, if most people think the earth is flat, that doesn't make it true. And the, the old model of an encyclopedia yeah, there are some problems with it because you would have to have a massive number of experts writing things and hope that they're objective and try and make it as objective as possible. And it's it hugely, uh, it's a huge, huge endeavor. It could never be as, as deep and rich of a resource as Wikipedia is. The flip side is Wikipedia is crowd knowledge and crowd, crowdsourced knowledge is not necessarily true. That's a, it's a, the truth is not just because people think that that's not what makes it true. And that's what Wikipedia, Wikipedia is based on that premise. Fundamentally, it's based on that premise. I know they have special editors who are supposedly experts in their fields and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, that's what it's based on. And that makes it very dangerous because you can have these cabals of social justice warriors or whatever, and not every page is policed very tightly. And eventually it gets tiring. Even the person who's, you know, supposedly the next expert in the area or, you know, in charge of those kind of pages, you know, you go and cherry pick data. They might not notice that you've cherry picked. They might just leave it up there and be like, okay, I guess this is an example of Maxim's sexism. I'll let it stand. Whatever. They're rampant, rampant misogyny. Right. So you, you just have to, you know, you got to understand the internet is a beautiful thing, and, but it's absolute chaos. And you've got to use your own judgment, even on sites like Wikipedia, especially on sites like Wikipedia. This was so long ago, back when I feel like this is, by the way, this is the evil, some of the evil I've done that you talk about when I was in SJW. Confess your sins. Yeah. Some of my, some of the evil I did, that was back before SJW was, ideology was everywhere. Maxim is probably an SJW publication by this point. (laughs) Like, it's probably, know. Uh, you know, Summer Burka's collection. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> they probably, yeah, the swimsuit, like they've got, I don't know, are they still around? Ten ways to grovel. Ten uh, ways to grovel. Okay, uh, this has been a surprisingly fun one towards the end. <laughs> I can confess more sins some other time. <laughs> right, do a whole confessional with you. Maybe I'll dress up like a priest and uh, and you can confess yourself. <laughs> I can tell you things I did when I was in SJW that I look back <laughs> on in shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that, should we leave now, Carrie? I think it's been enough. They've had enough of us. They've had enough. Yeah. All right. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everyone. See you tomorrow. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe.